At this time, we are joined by Jamelia. We're over at Jay's Corner, live in effect. She is the aficionado for everything related to the Carolina Panthers, coming off a 5-11 record, fourth in the NFC South. Offense averaged 21.2 points a game, which was 20th in the league. Defense allowed 374.5 yards per game, which is 24th in the league. Ron Rivera, my current head coach, was relieved after week 14 after a 5-7 and seven start to the season. Matt Rule, from formerly from Baylor, is the new head coach. Notably, also Joe Brady, the new offensive coordinator, uh, hired coming over from LSU. Cam Newton, longtime quarterback, former MVP of the league, was released. Now the starter in New England. Teddy Bridgewater comes over in unrestricted free agency as the new starting quarterback. Jamilia, how are you today? I'm well, Aaron. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now, since we're in Jay's corner, it's the floor is yours. What are your What are your feelings as we venture into the 2020 season in just a few days? What are your thoughts first about the 2019 Carolina Panthers campaign? Just now that it's all said and done, in retrospect. Um. It was expected. Um, the team has been on a little bit of like a rocky slope since the 2015 um, season. Um, five and eleven is clearly not ideal. I mean, we finished last in the NFC South, mm-hmm. um, and that's behind the Falcons and the Bucks, who both had their records at seven and nine, and then the Saints were at the top of the division with thirteen and three. Um, so it was rough. I mean, we started the season preseason thinking that, you know, Cam is back, his shoulder is okay, you know, everything's going to be good and rosy, we got our man back, like we're ready. Mm-hmm. And while we still didn't have like the strongest defense, or I mean, we still had good enough offense, you know, with the young guys like, you know, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel that could get us through, but I mean, after the first two games of the season, Cam gets a foot injury. And we all knew as Carolina fans, I know myself, I was like, yeah, this this is not going to be it. Because mm-hmm. especially the fact that we had a new quarterback, I mean, new backup quarterbacks, you know, Kyle Allen was what, like one year, <laughs> like one year <laughs> out of college. And Will Greer just got out of college. So it's not like we had a strong quarterback presence for our offense to lead this team um I mean we still had like pieces like uh Greg Olson and we have our Luke Keekley on defense but that wasn't enough to hold us together um I mean Kyle Allen did step up as QB1 mm-hmm. he can contribute all of those five wins to him playing QB1 but they were 11 losses that's all of that um I mean there was like 23 what 23 turnovers and 12 games 13 fumbles and 16 interceptions which is not good at all certainly not ideal um you know and then following that train wreck of the season um one of our Luke Keekley retires unexpectedly mm. which mm-hmm. heartbreaking um but you know I mean at the moment, it was really difficult to swallow that news, but right. it's better now because Carolina, we've like 
we i'm acting like i own the team but <laughs> <laughs> we have the same team it's definitely to the heart with these teams no yeah question. like we've had i mean so. we've had the same team for years you know cam uh-huh. has been the same quarter i mean being our quarterback for nine years like uh-huh. luke has played for fairly the same amount of time like greg olsen has been on the team for what seven eight years um Certainly. thomas davis was on the team forever i mean even though thomas davis you know he was released the season before, but still it's like, we hadn't had much change on this team and it caught up to us, you know, it caught up to us. We did not have the players to replace like these greats, you know, of our team. Should anything happen? Should the injuries happen? Um, Mm -hmm. And it really caught up with us, you know, and also Mm -hmm. like with Carolina, it's like, you know, we switched owners like team got sold. We have a different owner who also is coming from the Steelers because he was working mm-hmm. on their business operations side. Um, so we have that, you know, and for him to go to two seasons back to back, like mm-hmm. losing, I mean, he's not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't really like that, you know, as a businessman and as an owner, of a sports team. Well, now two sports teams because he's also the owner of the Charlotte Football Club, which okay. recently got instated in um in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. But is that Major League Soccer? Yeah, that's it. The MLS team that's okay. going to be in Charlotte okay. now. Yeah, so he that. owns that team too. So he's like, you know, winning is in his nature, and it might be for him. Yes, I know most people look at it as like it's winning. <laughs> but it's also like if he's investing, he wants to show that to know that he his investments are doing well, you know, and that is the team. Right. So and we also had like our injuries with K1 Short, who was injured. He had a shoulder injury and Shaq Thompson as well, who was injured, which hurt mm. our defensive line a lot because Luke had to carry more of the weight. And our defense really looked like a bunch of chickens with their heads, heads cut off during most mm. of the games because no one knew what they were doing. Um, the communication wasn't really there. So it was a really frustrating season for fans, but also um, for the team as well. I mean, you could hear it in their voices and their uh, post-game interviews, um, what they were thinking. We also lost Greg Olson mm-hmm. as a tight end. He's now going to be playing with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So Seattle, yeah, saw that. Yeah, so there's just like a lot of changes that were made postseason um but i mean i think as much as like it was heartbreaking for a lot of longtime fans i think it is for the best seems to be indicative of a full-scale rebuild everything that you've mentioned from 2019 and even a couple seasons prior it's safe to say that from top to bottom there's just been change all around yeah i mean there had to be though like you can't Mm -hmm. I think in sports, um, we get used to having teams a certain way. Um, And I think management and owners and coaching staffs, they get used to teams. I mean, you build in order to get to the championship. That's everybody's end goal. And once you get to that, it's like, you know, you, it's like climbing a mountain. Like you're, Climbing, climbing, climbing to get to the top. And Mm -hmm. once you get to the top, whether it's you go to a Super Bowl 
or you get to the playoffs several years in a row where you make it to like the NFC, I mean, the NFC or AFC championship or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to continuously retool the team. But a lot of the times, GMs and owners get really comfortable with teams that they're like, oh, we don't have to do too much. Like we did it, we can do it again. But I don't think they take into the time, the, the, I don't think they take into consideration that these players are getting older, their bodies are wearing down every season that they play is not going to be the same every year. Like, so you have to understand that if you have great players, you have to make sure that you are not abusing them (laughs) to their, you know, you're not abusing their talents, but you're also making sure that you are utilizing them in the most effective way possible. And I think that, I think that they refuse to change because it works. So they keep it, but they have to Mm -hmm. understand that like in order, you know, like I don't think teams always have to rebuild every like it's like a rebuild. I don't think teams have to do that. I feel like there is a more productive way to do that. I mean, I'm not no GM. I go, I didn't go to school for sports. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't, I'm just (laughs) saying from my experience as a fan okay but I think that there's a way that you can build long-lasting success with always having to rebuild I mean look at the Patriots like Mm -hmm. they don't always have to rebuild you never you didn't even hear about a rebuild and Tom Brady is now the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like there's not a rebuild because they always pick people because they always pick people that fit their schemes that fit what they already do so they're just building off of what they already do they don't have to flinch like a great can leave and they're not like sweating because they left they're like okay we've been planning for this yeah like we we know this was gonna come you know so it's it's all about like the staff and the owners the gm like all those people having a close relationship and being on the same page to know like this is not going to work and that's not going to work and we might have to get rid of this person and we might have to get rid of that person. But in the long run, it's going to give us the outcomes that we're looking for. Like even at Bank of America Stadium, I mean, I've never been there and that's crazy because, you know, I'm a Carolina fan. I've never been there, but Mm -hmm. coronavirus happened. So, you know, I couldn't go this year. But I mean, there's, there's like a display case in the stadium and it's like they have all the, you know, the NFC and conference and things like that, the divisional awards and stuff like that. Right. The cases, and there's an empty case for a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like a Super Bowl, like a Lombardi trophy. So mm. it's like those things, like, you know, you want an owner that is really, really wants the best for the player, best for his organization that he owns and wants that you know, what's the best for the fans too. So it's like, as much as people may be shaken by all these changes, it's needed because one day people are going to be celebrating a Super Bowl championship win, you know, and it's going to be all this heartbreak is going to be worth it. That's right. That's right. And if anybody knows about heartbreak is us here in DC. <laughs> now, <laughs> let me say that. So I certainly attest to what you mean. And, and there's been a lot of change around here as well. And, uh, that's something you said to me in one of our prior meetings is that change is good. And from a change, from a name change to uh, a lot of other things, it certainly is, can be hard to digest, but, but in the end, 
when that championship comes, like our nationals, another topic, then change was good. So uh, we certainly hope to follow that same mold. Now, speaking of the 2019 season, who was your most valuable player? I think I know who you're going to say. I figured <laughs> I'd pose the question to you regardless and, and let you speak on who, even though it was a tough season, who, who was the MVP of the team that's of, uh, for last year? I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. You the know my MVP. Christian Jackson McCaffrey is my 2019 MVP. And I think it's everybody's MVP to be. Like, if oh, people yeah. had that. Fantasy MVP? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, literally, he got awarded for that. Like, NFL right. fantasy, like. That's right. Um, player of the year, actually. He was the, NF- right. um, the NFL fantasy player of the year. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in the Madden 99 club for the second season. Second season. That's hard to do. You know, he had what? 1,387 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. 1, uh, 1,005. Hundred, I mean, not 500. I'm sorry. Um, one like over a thousand receiving yards, 19 wow. touchdowns, 116 receptions. Like, what <laughs> 2,392 scrimmage yards with scrimmage yards, which is, is the third, which is the third most by any player in NFL history. Absolutely, like after just his what third year, second, yeah, third year, yeah, this is, I mean. Yeah, because what Christian was drafted in 2016? 2017? Okay. 2016. I think it's literally not even in his prime, still ascending. Yeah. And to have amazing numbers like that, that is just. Yeah. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Nobody. No, I did. (laughs) I don't know about everybody. That's why you're on the show. (laughs) I don't know about everybody else, but I did. And it's crazy because I remember like our thing. Everyone was like, oh, they need to pick Leonard Fournette over Christian McCaffrey. They're like, oh, they need to pick Leonard, blah, blah, blah. They're not going to pick Christian. But I watched, like, I'm the kind of person, like, whenever I watch, whenever, like, a draft comes up and there's, like, you know, all the bowl games and you're talking about all the players going to the draft, I always pick one player Mm -hmm. and I follow them. Like, I will watch the combine. If I can't watch the combine, I'll, like, find all their highlight clips that I could possibly find. Sure. I will see what teams like they're, you know, like have interviewed them or talked to them or whatever the case may be and mm-hmm. kind of be like, okay, like there may be a first round draft pick. There may be not. And I usually end up picking first rounders. I don't know how that happens, but usually when I pick my player, they usually get drafted in the first round. Absolutely. So with Christian, they were saying he wasn't going to be a first rounder. Like, oh, maybe a second rounder. No, no, no. Maybe a fifth rounder. And I was like, what? I was like, no way. Are you? I was like, are you? Are we not watching the same film, or am I? No way. The guy's a football player. Yeah, you don't wait for the fifth round. I was like, the fifth round, and then then, no way. then the then before the combine, they're like, oh, he could be a second or third rounder, and I was like, y'all really disrespecting him. Like, I'm yeah. really confused. And they were like, yeah. oh, I think it was like maybe like the week up, or like during the combine or something like that. They were like, oh, okay. He'll be a first rounder. He'll be a fir- late, late first rounder. <laughs> okay. Right, right. And I'm still like side eyeing everybody. Like everybody. y'all are tripping. Like this, there's no way he's going to be there's a no late way. first rounder. Are you crazy? Like, no. Yeah, we, we saw what he did at Stanford. There's no way. I yeah. Mean, there's no way. They, yeah. A, and a second or third day pick. There's no way. Like, like that's a that, lie. That's going to happen. Absolutely. I was like, y'all lying to yourself. And then 
after the combine, they were like, oh, yeah, like, I think it was like top 25 or something like that. Then a few weeks after, they were like, oh, yeah. And I was like, finally, like, finally. Finally. And and they call us yeah. armchair quarterbacks, but we can see with, with our own eyes. <laughs> these, these are folks who do this for a living. And it's like, it's a can't miss talent, whether it, whether it translates to the league or not, but you can't not have that player at that proper draft position. We can't predict the future to know how it's going to turn out for him. But clearly he was a generational talent going into that draft. Like that was more than evident. Even if you don't watch a whole lot of college football, you just turn on the tape and it's, it's clear to see that this guy was going to be really special. But we didn't know, most of us didn't know just how special and how soon. You know, I guess they, they try to really figure out how much of a workload these guys can handle. And but the objective, the object of, of football is to not get caught. It doesn't matter how big you are sometimes. If you can outrun everybody like Christian can, that's the really the main idea of, of the game is to be everyone be behind you as you fly to the end zone. And that's pretty much what he's been doing these last couple of seasons. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I was like, they're tripping. Like, and it's funny yeah. because I like when he got drafted, I like bought his jersey. And people right. were like, you're really going to buy his jersey? I was like, yes, because <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, faith in Like, yeah. I love this kid. Like, yeah. but I think yeah. I have a special place. Like, his birthday is like the day after mine. So I think that's why I like, I see. like, my heart is just like, this is my Gemini homie. So I have to, you know, love him because right. Right. he's great. Like, it's it, it's it's so funny to me with those picks. I love those picks. I mean, I also think, too, and I don't want to, like, dwell on this too much, but I also think because he – you don't really see a lot of white males in the mm-hmm. running back position in the NFL. I think oh, it was just good. really, really hard for people to, like, wrap their mind up like that this right. white <laughs> young kid is going to, like, crush yeah. In the NFL. Yeah, and, a lot of people did not give him a chance for that. So. No, because if, if you, I mean, if those, if you have those stats, I mean, he didn't have those stats starting, that's like, you know, from last year, but anybody else had the stats, that's automatically offensive player of the year. Like, you're right. not even, you're like, there's no one touching that. Like, you're offensive right. player of the year and stuff like that. But Right. If Leonard Fournette had those stats, for example, like off automatic offensive player of the year. An automatic know? first overall pick, I'm sure as well. Yeah. So but I mean it's I'm glad that he's in the position that he's in because it's nice to see different people at at their non stereotypical positions. Sure. Yeah, good point. It's a really good point. It's a really good point. Now Christian is a he's a, a can't miss talent and he's becoming one of the faces of, of the 2020s NFL. But what about an unsung player? What about a player that was a little more under the radar, uh, somebody who, in spite of a 5-11 and 11 record, was notable and made contributions, and maybe a young player or maybe a veteran player who held things together so that there were bright spots during the season? Who would you have picked for your unsung 2019? So my unsung 2019 player for the Carolina Panthers is going to be Trey Boston. Okay. And I, I'm not a girl that pays attention to defenses as much as I pay attention to the offense because offense is fun mm-hmm. for me. That's honest. It's so, <laughs> um, but Trey Boston, I think 
the most notable thing about him is the energy that he brought to the team Mm -hmm. and the leadership that he brought to the team. And one thing I said to myself last season was if Cam Newton were to leave this team, like that is definitely a leader on our team. Wow. Um, Because he brought like a lot of energy, a lot of positivity, you know, you just see him like rooting on his teammates and supporting them. And I think that's what Carolina has been missing. I'm not saying Cam wasn't a good leader, I think the leadership that they need is in Trey, you know? Um, that heart and soul type player, huh? Yeah, like, it's it's different. Like, Cam has that, like, quirky, like, fun, you know, happy-go-lucky leadership style. Sure. And Trey is Selling more, tickets. like, fatherly. Sure, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, you know, and I think that's what, especially now a team, too, with a lot of young guys on it, I think mm-hmm. that's important to have that. Um, very, very important. Um, but he was drafted, actually, surprisingly, was drafted by the Panthers in 2014 in the fourth round, and he was the 128th pick. So basically, it's like he's coming home. Um, they recently re-signed him for three years um, and then on an $18 million extension, which is pretty nice that we get to have him for three years. And even if we don't keep him, I mean, it's a nice trading piece as well if we do want to trade. Uh, if Well, when we need to trade, then um, um, he played all 16 games last season, and that was for tw- uh, 76 tackles and three interceptions, which is pretty decent. Wonderful. But, you know, as a safety, it's nice to have him. Um, it's just another player, you know, to have to strengthen our defense. And, um, yeah, so he's my unsung player 2019. Now, that was actually one of my one of my next questions. You, you mentioned he was a draft pick in 2014, but – did he play elsewhere and then come back? Or is, is he an original draft pick who's played his entire career? Because I thought I heard his name last year in free agency. Now, did, was he reacquired by the Panthers? Yeah, or, he was reacquired by the Panthers. Reacquired, okay. Yeah. I thought so. Because, you know, here in D.C., we, we've had a lot of – we've had about 13 or 14 years of terrible safety play since the untimely, unfortunate, sad passing of Sean Taylor. So every season, every offseason, safety is such a big topic in this town when it comes to free agency and the draft. And I remember Boston's name being mentioned, but to know that he went to the Panthers, I didn't know he that, had that good of a year, nor was he uh, that impactful on the season. So uh, certainly a player that flew under the radar but came up big for your team rejoining, which is always nice to come home again. What about yeah. this year's free agency? What about – uh, any any players that are notable that you all signed and undrafted free agency drafted or um, anything well, going on in the division? Most notable at QB one, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy we got from the New Orleans Saints that uh, I don't yeah. really talk about, but uh-huh. <laughs> our yeah. division rival. Um, Interesting signed him to a three-year deal um which people were very upset about because that means you know that they knew with that signing that cam was gone um but well but to me i kind of like teddy and i didn't even realize i liked him because when i was watching games last year remember that drew Brees had that finger like his finger was broken he had like a finger injury and he was out a lot yeah, of the season, missed, and Teddy was playing was about for him. Seven games, he was out. Yeah, 
like almost half yeah. the season he yeah. was out and I didn't even realize it until they would show him on the sideline and I was like Drew Brees yeah. is injured like because the Saints were still performing well I mean they went 13 Definitely. and 3 so I'm like if your backup quarterback can sustain your team and people who don't you know who don't really watch that team closely right. like can't even notice the difference I think that's something worth noting right. so I kind of like the Teddy Bridgewater signing. I know a lot of people didn't, but I liked yeah. it. Um, we also got Robbie Anderson from the Jets, um, which, I mean, that just adds depth to our wide receivers, um, you know, because we already have, like, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. So adding Robbie is all. Um, we also sign PJ Walker. Okay who is a favorite QB coming from the XFL. Um, he was with the Houston Roughnecks for a year, you know, before the XFL kind of disappeared. Um, that was your... Well, dissolved, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, really but he also has relations to Matt Rule because he did play at Temple when Matt Rule was a coach there. Okay. We signed Zach Kerr, who's a defensive tackle coming from the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just for depth, again, on our defense. Um, fun fact, Zach Kerr went to high school not too far from me, okay. actually. So I saw him play in high school. He went to Quince Orchard High School. I went to Northwest High School. Okay. And our high school kind of had a rivalry in football. So I would see him play when um, our – Schools will play against each other, so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we signed John Miller at guard because we, because um, Trey Turner went to the Chargers. We also didn't sign Greg Van Rotten back to come with the team, so we need someone to fill that spot. Okay. And we also signed to hear Whitehead. Um, he. As a linebacker, he also played at Temple under Matt Rule, too. And he'll be able to give support on the defense as well with Shaq Thompson. So those are just a few. I mean, I have a lot more, but those are just a few. Oh, also, a fun a fun player that we have in, the, <laughs> um, in training camp right now is Justin Burris. Um, okay. He's a safety but apparently the Panthers really like him. They're saying that he's doing really well in training camp. So I can't see, I can't wait to see what he does in a game. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that he might have the potential to replace Trey Boston. Say that, you know, maybe after a year or two of Trey's contact contract, we may release him or something like that. Okay. Um, but he's also like a good support to have on defense. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Very busy offseason indeed. Now, speaking of the defensive line position, you had your first rounder was drafted. Is it uh, Derek Brown out of Auburn, correct? Yes. Now, that draft pick was maligned in the beginning, but immediately a very knowledgeable buddy of mine said that is the absolute best pick I've seen in the entire first round. They absolutely nailed it. Going with the offensive-minded head coach, a lot of people expected, I'm sure. All- mm-hmm. 
We are back after that brief message sponsors. We are still at Jay's Corner. We're discussing the Carolina Panthers offseason, particularly their 2020 first round choice, Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. Your thoughts? Okay. Um. So I originally wanted Isaiah Simmons from Clemson to – be our number one pick. Mm -hmm. But I'd heard some things that he really wasn't um, responsive to the Carolina coaching staff and that he basically just didn't show any interest in joining the Panthers, which is why we invested more time going um, into Derek Brown. Um, If you compare their 40-yard dash times from the combine, Isaiah Thomas is clearly – I mean, Isaiah Thomas, sorry. Isaiah Simmons (laughs) is clearly um, faster. He um, had a 4.39 on the 40-yard dash, and Derek Brown had a 5.16 at the 40-yard dash. But he seems to me, from the videos that I've seen, Panthers posting about practices and training – camp he seems to be pretty fast I mean he's a big guy like he's at 6'5 326 pounds and I mean he can move yeah and he can move and I'm impressed by that so I'm just like I I think he was worth it I know a lot of people didn't want that but I think he's worth the pick I mean a guy on defense that can move like that, you know, that can fill those spots that can read the field, you know, read another team's offense. That's, I mean, it's like kind of having a Luke Keekly again. Mm -hmm. Another another anchor at that position. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, So we'll see how it turns out. I mean, what he had 170 tackles, 13 sacks, you know, he's an All-American honor senior this mm-hmm. last year. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's a great pick. I'm, I'm like I said, I love love watching my offense, but I mean, if he can make defense fun, I'm I'm about it. <laughs> Certainly, and that's one of the that's something that's been rooted in the culture of the Panthers for so long. The strong defenses. I, I know a lot of people expect to see fireworks with the offensive-minded head coach, but but certainly defensive. Defense and defensive players still win games, still control yeah. the tempo. And with a pick like that, who a buddy of mine, as I said before, called the best player in the draft, the best player selected on day one of round one, uh, even I, as a as an outside observer, became pretty enamored with that pick when I started seeing the film and started seeing the tape on the guy. And I think even you and I discussed it a little bit after uh, in the, in the immediate aftermath that this player looks like he could be really, really special and a really solid pick. And he went at number three. Is that correct? Number three overall? No, seven. Number seven overall. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people expected Simmons to be that the, the player and be the answer at that position. But, um, yeah, going number seven and, and being entrusted, you know, with this new era of the Panthers' defense with Rivera's departure to come here to D.C., are you all still running a 4-3, or is it going to be a 3-4 now? Well, we were that? running a 3-4 last season, so we're back to a 4-3 this season. Back to the 4-3. And I think that's okay. why Luke left, because it would have been too much pressure on him. Certainly. Sir, that could be difficult for any middle linebacker yeah. 
going from that type of scheme and having to pretty much start it all over. If I was in that position, I'd try to stay with a familiar scheme. I mean, you like the challenge, but certainly if you can – if you're a middle linebacker and you're used to literally being in the middle and, and having more space to operate, I certainly get how that could be for, for a middle linebacker at this stage in your career. You're just like, do I really want to start all over? And so what are your predictions? What, what, what do you expect as far as your record? How do you expect the season to turn out? Last year you, you kind of expected maybe what, what the result was, but how do you feel about going into this season? Any any record prediction and any expectation based on what you've seen so far? I think this is the first time as a Carolina fan, I don't have any predictions on the team. I think the mm-hmm. only thing that I could see possibly happening, God willing, Christian is okay and right. healthy. I would say NFL Offensive Player of the Year, period. Like okay. I Lofty. I will put my. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say. Yeah. It. I mean, it, I, I'm just gonna say it. I'm. I'm gonna yeah. say it because I think he deserves that. And I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, like you said, it. It's pretty lofty, but he's a beast. Like I don't. I really... think. I think he deserved it last year. To be honest, I mean. What, I knew he wasn't gonna. Really do? I. I really don't. Yeah. I don't. I didn't think he was gonna get it last year. Because over Lamar, was it Lamar Jackson? Is that who ended up getting it? No, Michael Thomas got it. From Michael Thomas. Ah, yeah. okay. You know your stuff. That's why you're on the show right now. You know <laughs> um, your stuff. Michael Another Thomas division got folks, it on the Speaking state. of Michael Thomas. But, um, yeah. I just think he deserves it. Like, I just yeah. do. Like, uh, I think if it misses this year, it's not going to be as sweet. So I think he should, they should give it to him this year. If God willing, he's just healthy. And I'm not saying, you know, Anything can happen. But I really hope to – I know Cam Newton's not on our team anymore, but yeah. comeback player of the year should definitely oh, – if, if all man. things fall into play, he should be NFL comeback player of the year if all things fall into oh, play. Yeah, yeah. Um, Still got love for the old franchise QB. Oh, I love me some – sure. I did not like Cam Newton at the beginning because I love me some Dick <laughs> – I love me some Dick DeLove, and I was like, DeLove, Del homie, that's my boy. Yeah, I love him. yeah. And then Cam came in the picture, and I was like, who – what they just yeah, yeah. like how are you just gonna give me a new quarterback like ah, yeah. I don't want this so took- yeah that was Jake was the man he was the man for sure <laughs> he was the man I, I, had I, gave to, you that. I had to my heart had to bend a little bit yeah, for me to accept tough. Cam and then once I accepted Cam I was like dang like so losing him was pretty hard like it was pretty yeah. hard but it was needed um on the record I think at best we go 500, so I'm going to say mm. 8 and 8 at the best. But I don't know. I, I, the team can go either way. I don't think we're going to be horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to be horrible because I know people are saying, like, oh, you got a lot of rookies on your defense and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But, like, the game, the game now is fast. And, like, if anybody watched, even when you watch college games, and I don't even watch college games like that. Yeah, but when I watched LSU, well, LSU just had like the the best like hype videos. So I would watch all their games. It was like so fun to watch the hype video and then watch them like crush it in a game. Mm-hmm. But like with LSU, if you watch their offense, they were fast. Like they were fast. Very they didn't tight. take a break. They they a lot of the times it was like a no huddle 
offense really it was just like go 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 like first down second down third down touchdown like it was just it was quick and that's why I really wanted Joe Brady like I'm a lot of people were talking about Joe Brady I didn't know much about him but when I watched that offense I was like give me give me (laughs) Joe Brady (laughs) bring him to Carolina like give me him because we have players who are fast and who are quick and yeah they deserve to be on an offense where they're being utilized for right. what they're signed to play for. And we couldn't do that with Cam. I don't care what people say, or what people think about that. Like, there's no way we can use Christian to his fullest potential or DJ Moore to his fullest potential or Curtis Samuel to like Robbie Anderson to his fullest potential with what we had before or even and even Teddy Bridgewater it's like oh, no yeah. like you guys you, had a lot of speed for sure yeah it's like we have speed so it's like you need to be quick and we thankfully got an offensive coordinator who's quick and I know a lot of people are like well he's coming from a college mindset and I'm like but the game is fat like the game, the game. If I don't know if people have been paying yeah. attention to the game change <laughs> in these past few years it is really but ever <laughs> since like even a little bit I'm gonna say I'm going to say Cam Newton started to change the quarterback position because mm-hmm. Cam Newton wasn't your typical quarterback. He's, no, he I wasn't. Mean, he black. And <laughs> <laughs> Start he's with black. That. He's tall. He's big. But he's fast. You know. But also and, a very capable pocket passer as well. Yeah. like Which people didn't want to accept. Confusion. Yeah. Like, you play against Cam Newton, you don't know what you're getting. That's right. You don't know you're stressed you think you know you watch the film like that famous um video I forgot what who are they playing the Packers or something like that and they're deep I think I don't know if it was the Packers or the Seahawks somebody and they was trying to like their defense was trying to read our offense and Cam was like oh I see you watch some tape and he's like now watch this yeah touchdown like (laughs) what oh that was that was that was actually pre-snap wasn't it that conversation yeah yeah Right, that 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 is a gem. Like that's that, makes the game great, definitely. Yeah, like because you never knew what you got with him. That's so right. it's good now that we have a team. I mean, we have younger players, and I, I, it's not a complete rebuild of the Carolina Panthers. It's really just a lot of. I mean, our defense, a lot of it, yeah. yeah. But it's not a complete rebuild, but. It's just, it's a re as a restructure, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, because they needed a new system, they needed new coaching coaches, coordinators, you know, people that spoke to the younger guys, um, people to create that collegiate like atmosphere because these guys are younger. You can't talk to them like veterans. You can't treat them like veterans because they're not veterans, you know. Mm. And I think. Fans have a culture, but the team did not. You know, it was Cam. Cam was our culture. Cam was our heartbeat. Cam was our team. And now we have to build that culture. It's it's similar to our, you know, beloved world champion Washington Nationals. Yes, yes. You know, with Bryce Harper, it was Bryce Harper and the Washington Nationals. That's right. Bryce Harper in this, Bryce Harper in that. And while I loved Bryce Harper when he was a Washington National, the team 
didn't have personality. It didn't have character because, I mean, and I don't blame other players, but it's like when you pray, when one player is constantly praised. Certainly. And that also that player, when they're in interviews, they don't talk about their teammates Mm. and their team. It really is hard for everyone else on the team, especially when they get paid significantly less, <laughs> to really feel like they matter. And that's when you get the drama and the frustrations and the people not doing what they have to do to help the team win. Mm-hmm. And that's really what happened because once our heartbeat, Cam, wasn't there, everything fell by the wayside. So now right. the culture the team because it's everyone depending on each other regardless of what's happening that's a great point you make i didn't mean to cut you off a great point you make about harper uh when he leaves for philadelphia regardless of how low the expectations would be without him the nationals certainly became a team immediately i mean shout out to bryce for all the things he did he played hard he was he was great for us but I, i definitely that's a great comparison you draw as soon as he leaves the team was forced to become more of a, of a unit instead of one player yeah. and the rest of the guys. That's, that's a really great yeah. character right there. I mean, there always is going to be players that stand out. You know, really? there's always the going to be. Yeah. Like Christian is, but it's not all about Christian, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it's not, I mean, Teddy is not the shiniest quarterback. He's great, right. but he's not the shiniest that people would like, you know, drool over, but he's great. Yeah, you know, he's, he's. I think good. he's really good for you know for this team. I, I think yeah. it's a very smart signing to get him in. Unre- was it unrestricted free agency or was, there wasn't a trade between division? No, he's a free agent. I believe free agent. Yeah, yeah. so played played well like that for New Orleans, a division four of yours, and then to come over and and to know a lot about that other team intel wise, which which yeah. is also solid. You know, kind of know about their tendencies, but more so regardless of that aspect just being a good fit for this new new look, new style Carolina Panthers. I, I have to agree that he's the guy, and he's and he's still ascending himself. He's still a young quarterback. People acted like he's the guy signed at the end of his career, but he's... Right. You know, 27. He's 27. He's, yeah, yeah, he's this, got time. Is, that's right. He had a devastating knee injury uh, yeah. in Minnesota and got back on his feet in New Orleans, and it was clear he'd be the number one free agent quarterback or he at least it should be because he showed exactly what he was capable of i'm sure if we had a saints fan on the phone they would need to tell us that nah we ain't talking he, to Saints fans I can't, nah. <laughs> but he, but he, it's a no for me dog nah that's right no, but, he, but he certainly will have to be someone's pick for unsung i mean they're the big names with new orleans for instance yeah. you know you're going to hear breeze you're going to hear kamara you're going to hear thomas but without without Bridgewater, where did the Saints go last year? So, you know, it's, he, he put a lot on film and put a lot on display, put the league on notice, especially your division as well, that mm-hmm. he was he's a good man for the job. So I definitely yeah. – it seems like it's going to be a smooth transition with a guy like that. Very poised, plays very cool, calm, and collect. Never seems like he's not in control. So, Yeah, but he also has a relationship with – uh, Joe Brady. Most when important. Joe Brady yeah, most important. Was an assistant offensive coordinator, I believe, in New Orleans. He, because that's how he got the job at mm-hmm. LSU, and then got the job in Carolina. So, so he kind of knows 
Teddy, you know, he knows what his strengths are. He knows yeah. what his weaknesses are, you know. Um, he knows what he's working on. So it's, and I know a lot of people, a lot of Carolina fans have been giving Matt Rule a lot of slack for going for players that he's had some kind of relationships with. But I think that's a powerful statement for some of these guys to even be in the league, but had that experience with Matt Rule to now come and play for him on his and you know on an NFL team that he's now the head coach of I think that yeah, speaks certainly, volumes certainly. from a person and I know a lot of people have their opinions on that you know but Ron Rivera was good enough for Carolina but I will say that Matt Rule is better even if we don't see the immediate effects now I'm gonna say it's better. Very, yeah. That's 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 a very optimistic outlook. You know? I mean, hey, you 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 know your team, you know the culture, you you have a lot of information, and and I I trust that it's a, Carolina's a team that you know I've always kind of kept an eye on. There's some teams as a fan of of another squad that you certainly can can tend to notice and tend you know some some teams don't pay any attention to, but Carolina it just seemed like they needed that culture change, that scheme change, that things were becoming a little outdated maybe and and Rivera I'm sure he's a, he's beloved anytime you take as well as Newton anytime you take the team to the Super Bowl even if you know you you don't take home the title there's always that that year Super Bowl team it's going to be fun in people's hearts but NFL stands for not for long as well as what have you done for me lately so you certainly have to make those changes <laughs> you certainly have to make those changes and uh you know going to the 2015 Super Bowl isn't going to really do a whole lot in 2020 so hopefully Rivera comes and fixes our defense here in town and actually on December 27th in Landover the two teams get to meet your team and my team get to meet and maybe there'll be a little a bit of a a, a certain that day I don't know yeah. I mean we'll see. we'll see I we will see I mean I'm just sending all my prayers to Rob Absolutely. Rivera because he is uh, currently fighting lymphoma, Absolutely. I believe Very is it nice. lymphoma or leukemia or something I, like that. I believe it's it was uh it, certainly something with the lymph nodes. Some yeah, certainly. Yeah, I uh, think it's like lymphoma or something. Yeah, so yeah. may you know he you recover well from that. But the good man. I still hope we win. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we beat you. So, he said this. This is business, not personal. <laughs> yeah, I, love well, I you, Ron, that... but from over here. That's right. We we can get back to the love fest after this before you know what's going on in the field is business. I certainly yeah. Jamilia, I we appreciate I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I said I hope the NFL season makes it that far. So I certainly hope so too. It's just be good to see football return shortly here. And you know, I'm I'm paying attention to everybody right now. I'll just be excited to see the game. But certainly we we, we hope and pray that everyone is safe and that the season is able to maintain but of course people's wellness is priority over everything but uh it'll it'll be good to see some live action there was no preseason this year those games were canceled so uh it'll be good just to see that's gonna be hard that's gonna be hard because you know if you look i know i keep referring to baseball and this is not about baseball no no, it's but that's the I mean, but the NBA were already like closer to the playoffs, anyways. So right. baseball is really where you can only compare like the two seasons starting fresh. I would say. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, you can see teams now that they needed that preseason, you know, spring training um, to really figure out their rosters and not having a lengthy spring training, like the month long spring training that they're used to really right. hurt most of the teams in the league because playing it out, you know, for the top spots, you know, for those 16 spots to go to the playoffs. So it, it, it does really affect people. Like it does yes, it really does. not having those preseason games as much as we'd be like, well, let's throw away. Yeah. Count on your record. But like, you're able to see, you know, you're able to see what you need. You're also able to see maybe who you could trade for if you need to trade, you know, down the line, you know, there's so much that you could see and do during that time. So I think it's going to be difficult, you know, and, and with football, it's like, you only have 16 games. So it's like, what, right. what do you do with that? <laughs> That's right. And these preseason yeah. games are used, you know, obviously a lot of our stars and a lot of starters don't like it, but these young guys want to put, you know, they want to put things on film. They want to display to the other 31 teams that they're not playing for at the time, what, what they can do, you know, right. what it is that they bring to the table. So for a lot of, undrafted players or late round draft picks this year it was different and you had to really be a practice star because preseason wasn't available to you to really show what you can do and really fight for a spot for a third fourth or fifth string player so it certainly is is very instrumental in a game of football and it may take a while for the product it seems like even with preseason a lot of the time it takes guys a while to get up to speed because your stars your premier players didn't play much and so they play some in the third game, the dress rehearsal, but even in a regular season, they haven't really played much to that point when you get to week one. So it really feels like the product may be a little sluggish and it may start a little slow and guys tend to get injured and hamstrings. And then in a lot of cities, especially here on the East Coast, you have warmer weather. So it'll be interesting to see how, how all of that goes with no preseason games and no live action until week one that's that's unheard of and I, I think what you said is definitely important to note the link between them and baseball and it could create a lot of parity it's enough parity in the nfl already but without a preseason it could get very very interesting yeah should be fun well this was fun jamilia we would love to have you back on the show of we've course. enjoyed our time at jay's corner this is just a season outlook overview type show but yeah this this has been really fun and it'll be good to see what happens uh as the season draws near in just a few days but thank you so much for joining the show truly truly appreciate it thank you so much for having me all right we'll be talking to you again